Welcome aboard, Captain. Back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze, discuss, and probe Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, hello. How are you, sir? I'm ready to get probing. All right. All right, let's get started. We're talking about Minute 22 of The Voyage Home. Minute 22 starts with Sarek saying, it is difficult to answer when one does not understand the question, which I agree with. That is true. Yeah. Uh, and it ends with the Federation Council president giving a warning to all who wish to approach Earth. Yeah. Yeah, it's, don't approach Earth, man. This is like, didn't this, uh, his trailer action, wasn't this like a, the, the big dramatic moment from the trailer? Yeah, it was, I think it was like, avoid planet Earth at all costs. Yeah. Like that was like the big thing. Uh, it, this one also reminds me of uh, the, the trailer for The Phantom Menace. Right. Really? Yeah. Wasn't that the line of, you know, a disruption in communication can only mean one thing. Invasion. Yeah. I, I get that vibe from this. Or so, vice versa. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Sarek, I feel like, is being very wise. But then, on the other hand, I feel like he is being a dummy. <laughs> a dummy? So he's, no. So he's super smart because he's like, it's difficult to answer when one does not answer the question, understand the question. Right. Like, super smart. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, because the president had asked, you know, um, last minute, he said, I'm well aware of that. Admiral Ambassador Sarek, I'm afraid you're trapped here. There seems no way we can answer this probe. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, and then on the other hand, he goes, Mr. President, perhaps you should transmit a planet distress signal while we still have time, which, yes, on face value seems super smart. But yeah. then when you listen to his distress call, like, wouldn't there be Romulan, Kardashian, Klingon people listening to this and be like, ooh, Federation's going down in a ball of flames here. Now's our time. Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna come help. Well, you know, uh it's and and it's not like the Klingons haven't intercepted messages before. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and, and my, my, I guess my com- my comment to go with that is: is he sending a distress call, or is he he's just sending a, a, a passive aggressive? You don't want to come over here. Well, it's it's bad. Well, right. I think well, Sarek says he's like perhaps you should transmit a planet planet distress signal while we still have time, and he's basically saying that, you know, and the president in the minute is basically saying, hey, don't approach the Earth. And he's sort of saying, yeah, you know, we got we got some problems here. Right, but he's not calling for help, is what I mean. Mm. That's I, And maybe maybe he does in the next minute. Right, but okay. In, in this one, he just seems to be warning everybody, like, hey, this is not the place you want to be. Which I would think, to go f- you know, further what you were talking about, like, that would make that would make everybody suspicious, right? Like, do you think Romulans and Klingons would be like, oh, wait a minute, are they trying to fake us out? Maybe we do want to go to Earth. Yeah, maybe. That's our chance. Well, that's, I never thought about that part. 
Yeah, I just thought that was kind of like, I mean, if I were the Klingons and the, you know, the Romulans, I'd be like, woo, boy. <laughs> but what action would you take, do you think? Would they, would you, you think, okay, Earth's right for the picking now? Let's, oh, I let's think invade I. invade and wipe them out, or is oh, it? I think I would totally be like you. I would, uh, I, I would probably send some ships and be like, they're totally trying to fake us out. They're doing something. Something's wrong. Let's go check it out. Yep. And then they'd be in trouble. Yeah, that would be a fun side plot for this movie. It's too bad they didn't, uh, they didn't do that. Yeah. Um. The qu- question I had a question about Sarek's wise recommendation there. Mm. Uh, in the last minute, uh, you know, Cartwright went to, you know, planetary red alert, right? Turn on the yep. reserves for the whole planet. Yep. Uh, that wouldn't have included, uh, and send a warning to, you know, all the, to the fleet. Yeah. You know, I, I would have thought Cartwright oh, would mm. already be on this, right? But maybe that's two different channels. Maybe that's, maybe Cartwright is sending a message to the fleet and, the Federation president is sending it to, you know, all interested parties, you know, like civilians, let's say. Um, yeah, I totally thought that Cartwright was just sending it to like ships to like the Federation. Mm-hmm. And then this is like to, to anyone who's got plans to come to Earth or come near the Earth sector or, or whatever, the whatever the sector is. Right. The Terran sector. Bad no, tricky. Isn't it sector zero, zero, zero? Zero zero one. It's the sol solar solar sector or something. I think. <laughs> All right, we're digging ourselves deep now. <laughs> um. So yeah. So he's uh, the president's warning away people might be wanting to vacation at Earth. That's what he's doing. Oh, is, he, is that what you think it is? You think Earth is a destination? Is that what you're thinking? Sure. sure. I don't. Know. Is it? It seems like everybody wants to go there. Really. I don't know. There's always a lot of a lot of happenings at Earth. I mean, it's no Riza. Yeah, I don't think it's any any kind of Riza. Well, I mean, I guess the Federation. Uh, what do you call it? Um, the Federation headquarters is there, right? Yeah, yeah. Would that be like visiting the United Nations kind of thing? That's kind of boring, though. <laughs> so, so like, who wants equivalent. to go to the United? Who wants to go to the United Nations? So there's some kids, parents, parents dragging him to Earth. We, we're going to go check out Starfleet headquarters. Ah, oh, gee. No! Okay. Moving on. Back to the bird. So the bird of prey, uh, do we, am I imagining things? Do we already see this shot of the bird of prey? Because I feel like I remember commenting on it, like how nice, how cool it looked, this exterior yeah. shot. Was that from this movie or was that from Search for Spock? Oh, I'm sure it's a reused shot. Yeah, because I mean it's a, it's a great shot. You get all tons of detail. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it looks great. It looks amazing. But I'm like, wait a minute. I already talked to you about this. <laughs> so it was either this movie or a search for Spock. Yeah. Um. So they start getting the Uhura's picking up in all the gibberish. She's she's picked up a message coming from the Federation. Yep. Um. So. She's getting so before she couldn't figure out what was going on. Now she, she she's getting a bunch of distress calls, and um, so now it's now a, now a message is coming in from the Federation. So she's able to now separate the multiphasic uh, communications. That's right. She remembered her training. She did. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then we, this is where we get to the trailer. 
Yes. So this is just a this is just a pre-recorded. Uh, this isn't like, uh, you know, they're speaking right to Kirk. No, this no. is just this is just a video. Right. <laughs> video. Uh, is the is the is all the static and stuff? Uh, I assume that's that's a uh, that's twenty third century static that we're getting there. All those lines and yeah, let uh, them eat static. Is that do you think do you think that's in the quality of the recording or is that just how it's getting through? That's a Hura's job right there is just trying to get that that picture look good. So that's that was that was one of my questions. It's like where is the static coming from? Is it because because I would think if they're beaming a message out, it would get through, and they would receive the message and they'd be able to view it. Yeah, it would just take a long time to buffer maybe because having yeah. trouble getting through. Right. Yeah, I'm, I I don't understand the whole like if. That's why I asked, like, are they speaking directly to Kirk? Because if this is an open com- communication channel, I totally buy the static. Right. Like, if this is a signal that they're receiving or some sort of video message that they're downloading, yeah, I don't I don't get the static. I mean, you're telling me their camera's bad, too? I want, I want that T-shirt, Dave. I don't get the static. <laughs> uh, so here's – well, here's, here's one thing, and I don't know if it's an answer to it, but <clears throat> looking at the script – um, when Kirk says on screen, um, when he actually looks over on screen, uh, they talk about playing fragments of the distress, distress calls from the Saratoga and other vessels. And then they're ultimately superseded by the, the tearing, Im- tearing or tearing image of the Federation president, uh, president, mm. um, some of his message will be obscured until Uhura can find a balance. So it's saying that implying that the quality of this is Uhura's job and what we should be seeing, which I think would be cool, is is some of the other distress calls. So right, okay, Captain Randolph, maybe you know his his yep. bummer of a message, uh, but they don't do that. I don't see any of that in in this minute. Nope. nope. Yeah, I think we just get the president's message. Yeah, it'd be cool to see like a picture in picture thing. Like you see a bunch of little smaller images on the side of all right, the other yeah. vessels. That'd be a cool. That'd be a nice touch. Mm. I love being a uh, armchair director. You know what they could have done, Dave? Oh yeah, I mean, a lot better. It, total, total mind leap. Um, and this has nothing to do with Star Trek, but uh, okay. Some, sometimes me and my daughter will watch uh, like Food Network, and we'll watch like those food competitions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They'll, the person, like the judge, will always say, like, "I wish it was in this type of sauce." And it's like, well, that's not how I made it. And it's the same sort of thing. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I wish they had done this. Like what we're doing, like we're, you know, the armchair directors, like you said, like, yeah, like, yeah I wish they had portrayed the scene this way because it would have been so much better. Exactly. Like, that's how they made it. <laughs> is that the whole point of this podcast, really? Oh, it absolutely is. This movie would have been so much better if. <sighs> but it's not. I love this movie. It's a great mm. movie. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the message. Uh this is the president of the United Federation of Planets. Again, he doesn't give his name, so we still don't know his name. Nope. This has been a good opportunity to say that. Uh, Federation President Jones. <laughs> Jones. Do not approach Earth. Again, a great line for, mm. you know, cut to a Klingon, cut to a Romulan watching this as well, and be like, I'm totally going to approach Earth. Yeah, absolutely. You can't tell me what to do. So, do you think he should have started off with like this is the federate this is the president of the federation gone into like hey there's a probe instead of do not approach earth? Yeah, 
I, I think so. I think it would be, uh, I'm, I'm sending this message because yeah, some bad stuff's happening. Recommend you do not approach Hearth. Uh, but yeah, so he's got it, he's got it out of order. Uh, the transmissions of the orbiting probe are causing critical damage to the planet. Uh, it has totally ionized our atmosphere. Sure. Sure. So the, the Star Trek Minute interns did a lot of research on ionized atmospheres. And is that yeah. a good thing or a bad thing? And uh, I got inconclusive uh, information. <laughs> the only one, the only one that, I, that, that I bought in all these different definitions, like, you know, Mm. It sounds like ionization happens naturally, and now we're getting yep. into total science nerdery here. But um, uh, ionization was, you know, when you're adding a charged particle or something to. I'm totally messing it up. But one of the side effects of oxygen being ionized is that you get ozone. And so, was this supposed to be? Do you think this was one of those, you know, another ecological message in the movie? Oh yeah, I totally think that this whole his whole message is is somewhat political, not political, but uh, yeah, like uh, environmentally. And we'll see in the next minute, there's a couple of phrases in there that also are, I feel like are such an ad or such a slogan for like save the whales kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Save it then. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I like I said, ionize. I, I, it's almost a throwaway line. A little bit, yeah, because I mean – I think we are supposed to know because we've seen what the probe is doing. It's right. basically ripping up the water from the earth and creating cloud cover and storms. And to me, that's what I, I'm assuming is the ionization of the atmosphere is that it's creating the thunderstorms and the lightning storms and the typhoons and the cyclones and all that kind of stuff. Yep. That's what I think. That, that's exactly what I did too. That's, yeah. That was my I'm like, oh, that's what the probe is doing. Yeah. <laughs> so when we were asking a few minutes ago, what is it doing? It's ionizing. Sure. 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 Yeah. Uh, but I don't think so. I think that's a secondary thing. I think ionization is, I don't know what. It could be doing two bad things, right? Not just one bad thing. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. All power sources have failed. Yes, we know. Uh, all Earth's orbiting starships are powerless. We also, oh, which I forgot to ask this question last minute. Space dock. Uh, yes. Space dock has lost all power. Yes. And is pretty, it's in orbit of Earth, yes? Yes. Is that thing going to come down? Um, I don't know. Well, I would guess if it's in if it's in orbit, I mean, satellites don't come down, do they? Well, sometimes they do, I guess. Uh, well, that's a good point. But if they lose power, don't they? Doesn't that... I don't know. Do they? Their orbit would decay. This right? is this is showing my, <laughs> you know, my scientific limitations of what NASA does. Um, so when we deploy like a satellite, does yep. it have thrusters, or do they just put it in an orbit that it is able to sit above the atmosphere, you know, the threshold before, and it just sort of hangs just, out up there, just stays there? Yeah. Yeah, we are. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got some science nerds right now that are yelling at us. Uh, but I guess what I, what I, my, my real question is, I, I want to see space talk come down. I oh, okay. Would... So you, so you want it to come down like a giant missile and just like, yeah, I want uh, to see it. I want to see it start to burn up. I want to so see So I'm, I'm thinking that if that thing comes down, it's an extinction event. Like <laughs> it's just gonna, it's just gonna create a cloud and 
I mean, they're already on an extinction event anyway, so why not, you know, bring so you it down? Th- you think it's that big that if it did actually crash, it would... So, I recently was watching Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> yep. And um, he, that's his whole thing, is like he breaks off a chunk of... Uh, now I'm, That I town, right? That city or the, something? The city. Yeah. And basically shoots it up into the sky. Now he doesn't go all the way up to the, you know, into space. He's just going high up in the atmosphere. Right. And then he's basically going to kick on an engine and drive it into the ground. And that's going to, and that was supposed to have created an extinction event as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So space talk's probably bigger than that town. Yeah. I would think so. It's pretty big. So it's pretty big. Fully so I'm thinking, th- I'm thinking if that thing comes rocketing down, yeah, I think, uh, I think earth is over. That would I would a, be I would be getting in my ship and leaving. That would have been an interesting alternative storyline, right? The probe just arrived and it didn't do any harm to Earth, but because space dock was powerless and crashed and <laughs> crashed into the planet, you know, right. it caused the trouble. Um, well, it's funny about it's funny you say that. I, uh, in a couple minutes, we're going to discuss that. Okay, all right. So, I just you know I, I'm 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 you know gleefully thinking about it, and you know it's so. It's so massive, and like, wouldn't that be an amazing thing to look at? But I feel like I'm already jaded. Like, eh, I've, I've seen it all, right? They do all this stuff in movies now, right? There's, you know, mm. it's hard to uh, to surprise to surprise. Well, I don't know me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like right now, we're at the time we're recording this. The the trailer's running for Godzilla: King of Monsters. Yep. Uh, which looks, you know. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to, you know, you're going to have to see it in theater because it's just so big. Right, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the trailer gives away all these hints of, you know, the creatures, you know, cl- climbing out of volcanoes and, you know, all of these massive, massive destructive events. And um, it, it, it's it's hard to visualize, you know, I mean, it's they can visualize them now. Special effects, you can, you can kind of, they can kind of show this massive destruction and these gigantic scale destruction and, that's what you need, I think, for space doc to come tumbling. Um, well, that would be—I mean, that would be great. Like he's giving his message. He's like, "Oh, avoid the Earth. Um, we're losing power. Oh, by the way, space doc is going to rocket into the Earth and kill us all." <laughs> so if he could help us with that, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, oh, that's actually it, huh? That's the old orbiting Earth orbiting starships are powerless. Yes, that's the end of the minute. Um, I—I I don't have any of the notes. Do you? I do not. Shall we? Shall we wrap it up then? I guess we could wrap it up. I still feel like uh, going back to the beginning of the minute and you know his interaction, uh, President Jerky with uh, with Sarek. Yeah. You know he tells him he's like you know you should uh, you should uh, send out a message now. You know you're the president. You should know better. And the president's kind of like he almost looks at him like, are you nuts? And then kind of was like. <laughs> Mm, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, he seems. Yeah, I always think of presidents as you know they're the decision makers, but they're very often you know portrayed as they're just listening to their advisors and yeah, picking one yeah. of their options. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, I trust you. I'm going to go with your suggestion. Right. But doesn't the president have an idea? I would have done this already. I would have. Yeah, me, the Federation president. <laughs> yeah, he looks super reluctant to like give the message because he kind of like, you know. Moves his jaw a little bit, and he's kind of like, mm, okay, I guess so. So, Starfleet is headquartered on Earth, right? Yes. In San Francisco. Everybody knows that. 
um, it would seem to me that, you know, like the Enterprise D with its bridge and battle bridge. Yes. That you'd have maybe a backup uh, for events such as this. Yeah. Well, mm. what happens if Earth is, you know, compromised in some way or invaded or blah, 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 right? Wouldn't there be a, mm. you know, like the, the, the battle the battle headquarters on another planet, say, you know, over on Mars or even out of the somewhere out of the solar system. Well, how would they get there? Well, not so much how they get there, but maybe it would be just be like, okay, uh, this is the Federation president. I'm transferring control and, you know, the all the codes to, you know, the vice president who's in in the battle headquarters. Mm. No? Plausible? Stupid? No, no, I'm just, I'm trying to think of that and, you know, hmm. Having, having redundancy is always a good thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this just seems very like they're just you know. And how often is Earth invaded, right? Viger was just here not too long ago, and they got caught with their pants down. <laughs> well, Khan was. He almost made it. Yeah, right. There's always somebody like he would have. He would have come back and destroyed Earth if the yeah, Enterprise we talked about that, there. right? He would have held Genesis huh. on a out the window and toss it down. Oh, he uh, totally would have. Yeah. I'm actually picturing him literally doing that, like throwing it with his bare hands. <laughs> anyway. All right. Probably good then to wrap it up. Yep. Uh, so please, this I would love to hear from folks. We are on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, uh, and the on Facebook at the Star Trek Minute Listener Federation. If you haven't joined, now's the time. We'd love to hear all of your input on this minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm giving a huge shout out to uh, the Federation members. Their discussions the past couple of weeks, top notch. Like all the stuff that everyone's been putting up there has been fantastic, and I love it. Yeah, agreed. It's uh, yeah, it's one of the I, I love the days the episodes come out. Usually later in the day, all of a sudden there's all the feedback and you know other th- alternate theories or supplemental material. <laughs> it's great. Yep. So uh, yeah, if you haven't if you haven't checked it out, it's worth getting on Facebook and uh, risking all your data privacy and whatnot just to uh, get onto the federation. So you should do that. Yep. All right, we'll uh, let's wrap it up then, and uh, uh, we'll be back again on Wednesday, uh, talking about minute twenty three of the voyage home here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.